Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Beating, I mean meeting. Did not. There we go. Reporting you know what's great is I liked Maverick enough that you didn't have to unfollow me. I, I am very appreciative um, that you liked Maverick because this show might not have happened otherwise. So uh, with that being said, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. Um, I am joined this week by my co-host, Matthew Fox. Thankfully, um, he did see Top Gun Maverick. I did. I think I did threaten to quit last week or threaten to fire you or threaten to find a new co-host last week if you didn't like Maverick. So Matt is back. So that means he liked Maverick and liked it almost as much as I did. Um, but yeah, welcome back, Mr. Fox. Wait, I, I think we gave it the same number of stars, four and a half. I gave it five. So, all right. Well, close to the same amount of stars. It's close enough. That's what I said. You know what? Enough. Four and a half is a miracle for me if you've ever seen my scoring. Exactly. So, I just, I, uh, I plan on I'm trying to go see it again this weekend. I'm trying to go see it again this weekend. Um, I am probably seeing Crimes of the Future tonight, which should be interesting, but we'll get to the movie talk and the boredom of you guys not wanting to listen to our movie talk until maybe later in the episode. But with that being said, this week's episode, we are going to talk about um, some of the recent news um, within the world of the NFL. I'm just going to kind of break down some of the news and then from there we'll talk about it. And then Matthew Fox are going to start our power rankings um, this week, we are going to tackle the NFC power rankings, and we're going to go 16 through 9. And then, of course, next week, we'll do 8 through 1, and then the AFC will be so forth and so forth. But basically, it just kind of keeps you up to date on some of the things that are in the world of football and fantasy football. Um, quite a lot happened this week. It wasn't, it's not a lot, but it's kind of a lot type of scenario. Um, there's some definitely chitter chatter. Um, we'll talk with two things that I think are probably some of the bigger news of the week was the charges were dropped against Jerry Judy. That doesn't necessarily mean he's out of the water, you know, because of the conduct of, uh, detrimental to the team type of scenario. So the NFL could still kind of step in and, and do their thing with it if they find sufficient evidence or if they find that he did really um, do something that was detrimental to the team. Um, it's it, it's. It's interesting on the side of fantasy football things. Again, on this podcast, we're not taking anybody's side. We're, we're, we're talking about this from the scope of the NFL and what this looks like moving forward um, for them, for fantasy, for the NFL, because obviously we're going to talk about Sean Watson in a few minutes. Um, but with Judy, I think it's a good thing. Um, it was a sigh of relief for fantasy owners. Um, I think a lot of fantasy owners are hoping um, – that the talent that Judy is, the, the talent that I think he is, I think he's an incredible talent. I think that he has the potential to break out. I just think that he's the type of player that needs to get his head on straight. You know what I mean? We did hear the circles of the rumors that Judy and Wilson had been working out um, quite frequently. Um, but I know you're not as big on Judy, but that's just because of, I think it's more of his antics than his Because talent. I've seen him play. Well, I mean... It was his rookie season. Rookie season, he had a rough rookie He's year. played two years. Or well, rough. Allegedly, you know. he's played. You know what? 
Broncos third best receiver got cleared oh. of his criminal charges. So third best receiver. He's the best receiver they have talent wise. But he is not the best receiver they have talent wise. You need to watch yes. some football. He Jerry Judy has the talent to be the best receiver they have. Has the talent. I'm not saying that he has played up to that talent. Um, but uh I'll be interested to see what, what, what he does with Wilson. Wilson is finally a quarterback that can throw the football and get him the ball. I don't like what Judy Judy's demeanor on the field. It kind of reminds you of that uh, take plays off type of receiver that, that we talk about a lot that nobody really likes, but I'm hoping maybe that kind of lights a fire up and under his butt. Um, there was another lawsuit filed against Deshaun Watson. Uh, yeah. A lot more information has come out against Deshaun Watson. Apparently he had offered all of the victims um, $100,000 to pay them off. Um, that was, it's another thing kind of circulating. Um, the more stuff that comes out on this case, the more I increasingly feel that Deshaun Watson doesn't play a single down at least this year. And yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think he gets the exempt list until these cases are adjudicated. I'm not sure he plays an entire season next year. Yes, the thing about it is, is, is I know the NFL has, is doing their part right now, is, is what they've said. They're doing their part and they're investigating of this case. So it's, 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 I don't know if he's going to get the exemplars just yet, but at the same, I don't know. It's, I don't think he plays a game of football this year, period. Whatever he's thrown on the exemplars, because if he's thrown on the exemplars, we're not even talking suspension yet, right? So, we're just talking example. Then we're talking about a guy who is super talented, but will miss two full years of football. You know what I mean? That's at least. It's good. Now, let, you know, I just thought about this. Okay, Baker Mayfield can't play a down for the Browns this year. I fully stand by that statement. I don't think he should. I don't think the Browns can throw him out there because, in my opinion, what's what's Deshaun Watson gets eight game suspension, right? Let's just say hypothetically gets an eight game suspension. And then Baker Mayfield goes out here and goes six and two or eight, no, or seven and one, or lights up the world. It's really going to cause a stir. Now they'll start Watson regardless. They pay too much for Watson, not to start him. But I just feel like that will cause too much of an uproar. I, and I know they signed, who did they, they signed somebody else. Nobody Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, nobody worth noting. Now, I have a theory that if they Desha if Deshaun Watson gets suspended, I think they should try to sign Kaepernick because it would just be it would just be perfect. It would be perfect. Now, this look, will it be a PR move? Yes. What has the Browns done not to do PR? Like they are a PR disaster because of this entire Watson thing, right? You know what I mean? I understand Kaepernick. I'll tell you what, the next time Watson might take a snap, him and him and Kaepernick might be in the same ballpark of the last time they took a snap together. You know what I mean? It, but no, for real though, they, I know we're in the same belief here. I don't know if Watson plays it down this year. I don't know if he can play it down this year because of, of how, I don't know, man. And I think that the Browns knew what they were doing with this contract. I think they felt like he was going to get a year suspend. I think Watson even knew in the negotiating of this contract, his agent knew that there was a strong possibility that he would not play the play in the NFL this year. Hence why his first year contract is only a million dollars. Now, the only downside of this entire thing, when you look at it from a football perspective, is you're looking at a Browns team that 
they're not gonna like they're they've got a good team they've got a good squad they could be a playoff team with watson on the football field but without watson and you don't start baker what kind of team are we talking like they don't even have that's that's probably where you and i disagree i i think you know they already own baker's fifth year option they can't get any good trades from i think he does play for them i wouldn't i if i'm baker i wouldn't play for them i don't know i mean if you go back to starting that's probably your best chance of showing showing out i don't disagree i don't disagree with that i just I don't think the Browns can let him take the field. And that's just, I don't know. It's just my opinion. I, I just feel yeah. like he has to be off the team with, with how they've done things, how things have unfolded. I, I just don't foresee it being great. I mean, you start Jacoby Brissett, you're, you're probably six and 11, even with the roster they have. Which then means your first round pick that you gave to the Texans is going to be really high next year. Um, and, you know, then what are you doing with Amari Cooper? Um it's like a wasted year. It's really is like you're, you're investing all this money in kind of a wasted year. And that's kind of weird to me that. Yeah. In which case does their coach start getting closer to being on the hot seat? Cause he's had basically one good season and a couple of implosions then. And maybe you're blaming it on the quarterback situation. I don't know. It's not like yeah. so the AFC in general is tougher. That's why we're starting power rankings with the le- the weak sister NFC conference, but uh, their division too. I mean, all four of those teams, you could make a case for them being in the playoffs. You can for the AFC West. You can for two or three of the teams in the East, and probably two teams in the South. So you, they can't really afford to to take it off. I agree with you. The Browns knew what they were likely getting into and the way they structured it and Watson knowing his challenges is why he wanted everything guaranteed. I just, I think they will end up keeping and playing Baker because they haven't gotten any interest in him. And because that's their best option to compete. Speaking of the Browns making an incredibly weird decision, they paid David Njuku this week, uh, a lot of money. Um, um, They paid him the kind of money that I think we've all they paid him the kind of money that he produced the amount of um, produced the amount of yards that we've expected from him over the last couple of years. I think I was on the on the Njoku train of eventual breakout, um, and it hasn't happened. And I'm surprised they paid him. I think top five tight end money. It's a weird flex considering that a couple of years ago they splashed out a huge contract for Austin Hooper, which seemed to be an indication that they. Didn't have any faith in Njoku. Yeah, now, but Njoku has looked like their best passing passing game tight end the last couple of years, and he's definitely a good blocker. They still don't have much at wide receiver. I mean, they traded for Amari Cooper, but beyond that, you have some question marks. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz. People still think they're going to sign Will Fuller, but that hasn't come to fruition. And honestly, if you think you're not having Watson this season, why would you bother signing Will Fuller? So, uh, you know, I think Njoku helps them in the run game, gives another passing game weapon. If you end up with a Baker or a Jacoby Brissett back there, you probably want somebody that's going to have a security blanket tight end to aim at. I don't think it's terrible. It was an interesting move to me. It kind of makes me question. A lot of people have thought Harrison Bryant was going to be the future. And now what does this mean for him? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And speaking of tight ends and speaking of tight ends, we've expected or wanted to break out. Um, Kevin O'Connell has 
talked up Irv Smith. Um, I, I personally have an Irv Smith guy. I have Irv Smith in a couple different leagues. I, I want to admit on the air, I have not called Kevin O'Connell and begged him to talk about talked up Irv Smith. But uh, will he finally break out is the real question. Um, I have no clue. Uh, I hope so. He's so talented. Feels like he's been a little bit on that Hunter Henry trajectory earlier in his career where we love the pick. And, and, you know, the first couple of years, there were roadblocks in the way you had kind of an aging Kyle Rudolph last year was supposed to be his year and he got injured. So we didn't see the same thing happen to Hunter Henry. Can he come back and be a vital part of that offense? I actually think Minnesota, for me, is a sleeper playoff team. They probably have the talent to be in the playoffs the last couple of years and just couldn't get it all together. The NFC has gotten a little bit weaker. Their division's gotten a little bit weaker. I think the Vikings will do just well enough to sneak in. I'm not talking about Super Bowl contender, but I think they're a playoff contender. And I think Smith with Jefferson and Thielen and K.J. Osborne gives them a, a good receiving core. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is 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 they aren't um, every year we have this team that shows up type of thing. And it's like everybody sleeps on them and then somehow they sneak into the playoffs. Now, last year, obviously, they didn't they didn't do that. And, and it caused kind of a ruckus there. But I just I I don't disagree with you. This is the team that I think people constantly sleep on. They're a good team. They have a good squad. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I'm sorry for those Kirk Cousin haters out there. He is a good quarterback. Um, he is a very solid quarterback, and I think he's a good enough team to get this team to the playoffs. This division, this uh, conference, as Fox has alluded to, and I've alluded to the last few weeks, it's not strong. Um, and, and you've got seven spots in this playoff team, and I think there, in my opinion, there's five teams that – I'm 90% positive to won't see the playoffs this year. So if that's the case, we're have 10 teams fighting for seven spots. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's really, uh, it's really not that hard to think that the Vikings could slide into the playoffs at nine and eight. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's not, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities here. Um, speaking of out of the realm of possibilities, um, Aaron Donald's retirement talk, he wants to get paid. I, I don't really know how I feel about it. if he retires, he retires. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I mean, obviously it changes the team a little bit um, because he is that dominant run force on that team. I still think even if he does retire, he's still the favorite. I think the Rams still are the favorite to win the conference. Um, not to take away from talent that Aaron Donald is. I just think that he's an extra piece that really elevates that team. What are your thoughts, Spikes? Yeah. I mean, we heard a little bit uh, of this immediately post Super Bowl. Um, you know, there was talk that Donald was thinking about retiring, that even McVeigh was thinking about retiring, wanting to kind of go out on top. It seemed, I don't know if it's contract ploy. I also, you know, it seems like now he's pretty committed to coming back. I think he's a great player. We'll see how the Rams feel and structure it. You know, I think they're really in the win now window. I would expect him to be a part of whatever they're doing this season. And then after that, you never know. Stafford's not the youngest quarterback. Um, they've definitely had some, you know, they're going to face a lot of big questions with some of these key veteran players that they have. Yeah, it's um, their windows now type of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's a right now type of thing. Um, they have to win. Um, you know, it's they have to win. You know, that's at the end of the day. I mean, obviously every team has to win. 
but um, I really feel like they're in a win now scenario. So it, you're right. I, the, the, the Rams in what a year or two are probably rebuilding, retooling, you know what I mean? Whatever that looks like. I mean, they're, they're paying a lot of money out to a lot of guys that are there in, in hopes that they win a championship right now. You know what I mean? They did sign Allen Robinson for a reason. I think I can't wait to see him in that offense. I'm excited for it. Um, but, um, and then of course the final news also follows within the NFC West, Daryl Williams heads on over to the, um, uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, what do you, what do you feel? This doesn't really surprise me. I think they needed another back in that offense. There's, there's a lot of question marks outside of James Conner, um, which I mean, James Conner really, I mean, outside of the touchdowns, he wasn't exactly a groundbreaking back in that backfield. I think he only averaged like, you know, a little under three, five a carry. I think it was maybe um, yeah, so he, 200 carries, 752 yards. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's not like he was groundbreaking. I don't think this running back, uh, I'm probably staying clear of all of these running backs in that offense anyway, but um, thoughts on that. I, I don't really, I don't think it moves I, the needle. I, mean, I think it's a good pass catching back, maybe a supplement. For fantasy, I like um, Connor. Uh, I think he fits what they're trying to do, and I think he's a bigger body where they used him a lot in the red zone, got a lot of touchdowns trying to keep Kyler Murray, who's a smaller quarterback, um, <clears throat> healthy. I think he's still going to be, you know, maybe not the, the RB1 that he was last year, maybe not 18 touchdowns, but I would suspect he's going to be in line for double-digit touchdowns, probably at least a solid RB2. We saw Williams at times. Um, be pretty great in the Chiefs offense, both as a runner and as a receiver. And what they probably lost most in Chase Edmonds is that receiving back. I think Williams probably I'd, will end up being in the RB4 range, um, but he's a decent addition. What it really kills is there was a lot of speculation. Is this going to be kind of, you know, Benjamin or Keontae Ingram or one of these younger guys getting getting more of a role? I think it's going to probably end up being Connor and Williams in the backfield. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I uh, I'm uh, I don't really care either way. <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I don't really feel, feel like this moves the needle. Um, I do think he can come in and be a supplemental back, uh, a change of pace back for them whenever Connor's in the sidelines. I don't hate Connor in fantasy. I just don't believe that he. I mean, we're, if we're looking at a regression, I mean, I think that's the, that's a that's a big key for me. I also don't know what this offense is going to look like because without Hopkins for the first six games of the season, it's going to be interesting to see how they move the needle there. But um, all right, well, that's enough talk for everything that happened in the world, the NFL this week, we're going to go through our NFC power rankings. Um, we're going to go 16 through nine today. Um, let's see here. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Ah, that could be, you could do three at a time. I think, I don't know. Matt's off, yeah. but uh, Matthew Fox, I'm going to let you kick it off with your 16, 15 and 14. Yep. So 16 for me is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, they have some nice pieces. I like Drake London. I like Kyle Pitts. I'm not as down on Mariota as others, but they just don't stack up uh, among the other teams. I also really don't think Atlanta's trying to win. So they're down there for me. Number 15, maybe a surprise for some people, but the Carolina Panthers, if you don't have a quarterback, you can't do anything. Matt Corral, is interesting, but he's a prospect. Sam Darnold really didn't show out. I don't know what Carolina's doing. I don't think Matt Rule is an incredible fit. I think he's on the hot seat. 
I don't think they make the playoffs. I think you're looking at a regime change there and probably some kind of massive turnover in the roster. And then 14 for me is the New York Giants. I like Brian Dable. I think he's going to get it together. I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. I'm not sold on them having the right pieces on offense and defense to compete. It's, I think they'll have some moments. They won't be horrendous, but they're not a team that I want to bank on. Yeah. Um, for me, what am I doing here? 13. Okay. Uh, I'm, I did a nice little quick shuffle of my thing. I think, yeah, I did. All right. Perfect. Um, for me, my, I think my bottom three are going to surprise some people. Maybe not. I don't, we have this, I think we, we do have the same 14 there, but, uh, for 16, I have the Seahawks. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the, in, in the NFC this year. I, I just don't believe in this team. I, I think when it comes down, you're right. It comes down to quarterback play. And I think they have quite possibly one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire conference right now. And um, coming in at number 15, I do have the Panthers as well. Um, this is a team that I want to like. I really want to like, but I don't like, you know what I mean? Matt Rule's a type of co uh, coach that maybe um, that at some point in time, maybe he gets a second job and gets a second opportunity and maybe he does a little bit more with that. I think he's just invested too much in the wrong quarterbacks. And that to me is really kind of affected what he's done with that team. Number 14, I have the Giants as well. I've had, the, I'm struggling with the Giants because they have a team. They have a loaded team. They've got good weapons. They've got good pieces across both sides of the football. I just don't think they have the quarterback in place to really do that. And I think that they have the opportunity to be bad this year in order to grab one of these good quarterbacks that is coming out next year. If you put a Bryce Young or a, um, or a CJ uh, Stroud on this team, I think that this team is going to be exponentially different next year. Um, I think that they could have some huge turnaround over the next 12 months too, when it comes to running backs. And I think Barkley could be gone next year. I, I just, there's a lot of different moving pieces there for the giants that I don't like um, for me coming in at number 13, 12 and 11, I have the Falcons at 13. Um, I wavered back and forth. This team's not that great, but um, I'm going to ride this Marcus Mariota train as long as I can. But I think all four of these teams, and I think number 12, the Chicago Bears, um, for me, I think all five of these teams don't have a single prayer on winning maybe more than five games this year. And I don't think it, any of them stand a chance at making the playoffs. So that's why they're at 12. And the number 11, I struggle with this one. I like this team a little bit more. I think they're going to be a little bit overachieved, but I also think that maybe just maybe we're overhyping them a little bit. But I think it's just because their coach is kick-ass take names, and that's the Detroit Lions I have at number 11. I like the football team. I don't love the quarterback, but the quarterback play is not um, as bad as the other five teams that I've mentioned. So because of that, that's why they come in at 11. So what is your 13, 12, 11, Fox? So 13 for me is the Chicago Bears. Um, I love Justin Fields. They have really done nothing uh, to help him. And I don't, I, you know, it feels like they're rebuilding on both sides of the ball. Um, I like David Montgomery a decent amount. He's going into a contract year. I don't know what the future is there. Darnell Mooney's not a bad receiver, but now he's like the one and only they've, They've really surrounded it with nothing. Um, and I, I, they're another team. I don't know that they're actually trying to win. They've been stockpiling cap space and draft picks for 
2023. Um, so I think this might be a little bit of a lost season. Uh, then at, uh, I guess it's 12, I have the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I agree with you that their quarterback situation isn't great, but we've seen Pete Carroll throughout his tenure take uh, teams where you didn't have lofty expectations and managed to at least get them back to being middle of the road. I think they are probably a six to eight win team. I really do like their backfield combinations. I think they want to be a power running team. Penny looked good at the end of last year. I like the Ken Walker pick. Um, and I think they've added some defensive pieces that they won't be as bad Um Record-wise, as we think, they will probably be an uninspiring team to watch. I also think DK Metcalf is good enough to make a mediocre quarterback look passable at times. Uh, and then 11 for me is the Washington Commanders. Um, and it was really close, 11 and 10. I went back and forth a little bit. I don't think Carson Wentz was a terrible pickup, but I still don't really know what the identity for this team is on offense or defense. You would have thought with Ron Rivera, the first season he came in there, they were really a hardcore defensive team. Last year, their defense was borderline horrendous. And I don't know if they've done enough to fix that. Beyond McLaurin, uh, there's a lot of question marks of weapons. You know, what is Johan Dotson going to bring? Will Logan Thomas be healthy? They now have three or four running backs. We don't know what the mix is going to be. That, to me, smacks of more of a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, yeah. I. What's your 10 and 9? So 10 for me, actually, was where you are, the Detroit Lions. I think they are going to be a surprise, a sleeper team. I like the the talent they've been adding there. I think Dan Campbell is a really good leader. They were in a ton of games last year. They didn't win a ton of games, but they were very close. Jared Goff is not a quarterback that sparks excitement or moves the needle for people, but we've seen him be very competent when he's put in decent systems. They have DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams in the backfield. That's a great combination. I love Hawkinson at tight end. Um, they went out and got Jameson Williams and DJ Chark signed there in the offseason to go with Almond Ross St. Brown. I think they have some talent. They invested in building up the lines. They've invested in building up the defense. I like what they're doing. I think they're a scrappy team. If they won eight or nine games, it would not shock me. And then uh, the last of these, my number nine team is the San Francisco 49ers. They were in the NFC Championship game last year. They have some talent around them. I'm not a big believer in Trey Lance or a big believer that they're going to be super competitive with Trey Lance. And it certainly seems like they're tracking that way. Um, I think they overachieved in a lot of ways last year. I think they're a nine, you know, eight, nine, ten win team. And to me, that puts you kind of squarely in the middle of the pack. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just missing the playoffs. Yeah. I uh so for my 10 and nine, we are we're pretty much in the realm of of the same possibilities with a, with a couple of these teams in, in that bubble. Like I said, this this bubble of of my 11, 10, I don't know if I buy the Lions being a sleeper playoff team. I, I think they are a 7-8 win team, which they could be down the stretch close enough within a game or two, right? You know what I mean? So I guess that would technically put them in the playoff hunt. But um, my 10 and 9 is Washington, and then my 9 is the – actually, my 9 is actually the Saints. Uh, I went back and forth on the Saints. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like – you and I are pretty close. Saints 49ers was my toughest, like middle yeah. of the pack. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, not to spoil next week's yeah. number eight, but yeah, next, you know, my the eight or the 49ers. It's like one of those things where it's like, would it surprise me if the 49ers are um, 
middle of the tier to bottom tier uh, a football team next year? No. Would it surprise me that the 49ers randomly win football games and, and win eight, nine, eight or nine games, sneak into the playoffs in that last spot? No, uh, as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those. And I feel the same way about the Saints. Like, I'm uncertain about the Saints. There's a lot of change in the Saints. I know everybody's hyping up the, that they do have weapons, and they do. Um, we haven't heard anything about the Alvin Kamara suspension that I do think that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Um, I, I love Mark Ingram as much as the next guy, but that doesn't, he doesn't have a whole lot left in that tank. Um, but if you look at their weapons, they have some pieces, Michael Thomas, but he hasn't been on the football field, um, much at all over the last, you know, season and a half there. And, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry's fine. I'm not again, but there's a lot of moving pieces. The saints do have a strong defense. They have a decent defense, but what's that transition look like? What's that new head coach come in and that look like for the team? What's, what's, what's that look like? It's because it seems to me like it could either be a good year for the saints or it could be a very solid transition year. And what does Jameis Winston have coming off the injury? Um, he did look good in his time that he, when he did play, he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not a great quarterback by any sense of the, in a sense of the mean, you know what I mean? We're talking about a guy that one year single-handedly kept the bucks out of the playoffs, even though he threw 9,000 touchdown passes. I think people forget about that is, Oh, well he threw 30 touchdown passes. Well, yeah, he threw 30 interceptions too. Like he literally, they were a one or two, they were within one or two games of the playoffs and threw a couple pick sixes and they lost games. You know what I'm saying? So Winston is, is a very much a daredevil style quarterback that, um, I don't love at all, but I, I can't discredit. Again, we're talking about a conference that doesn't have a lot of great quarterbacks. It's weird to think that Winston's probably a top eight or nine quarterback in this conference. And it's just weird to me because, I mean, that's just weird to me. I, I don't know. I, but the, it also shows the testament the NFC is very weak. Um, and, and that's it's very bottom of the barrel when it comes to a lot of these teams. And I think that's why a lot of the teams that we saw be successful last year are going to be successful this year because of they're going to beat up on these teams. You know what I mean? And, and to me, Washington, I, I, I don't hate Carson Wentz. I know that's weird to say. I don't think that he's a bad quarterback. Um, you can't have the stats that he does and be considered a bad quarterback. Does he make bonehead mistakes? Yes. But to me, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston, those guys – Jared got all these guys are almost similar when it comes to they're never going to win you a Super Bowl, but they can win you football games. You know what I mean? Would it surprise me if Washington makes the playoffs this year? Absolutely not, because we're looking at again with Fox and I talking about you're talking about an eight or nine team that's going to eight or nine win team that's going to win or get that seven seed. You get the seven playoff spots now. That's a big difference. You know what I mean? And with with Fox and I, we have Washington within that 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 eight to 10 range or eight to 11 range that means we we think they're on the cusp but you're right their identity is weird it's a, it's like a crisis I, I feel like if Washington has a bad season I think Ron Rivera could be gone right you know what I mean we can see a lot of turn turnover within this entire conference when it comes to things like if you look at these teams I mean Seattle could be looking for a new coach next year if Pete Carroll retires which I mean I understand why he hasn't yet Panthers could be looking for a new coach um, you know the Giants already have a new coach. So they're already in transition mode. Um, Chicago's got a new coach already in transition, but Washington could be looking for a new coach. Like there's a lot of different moving pieces there that I'm not sure how I feel about. Um, 
yeah, it was it was quite an interesting. We have a lot of the same teams there, a lot of the same teams, just in a little different. So that means next week, I think we'll have the same eight teams outside of one. Um, just where they land is going to be different because you have this. You have the Saints at or the 49ers at nine, and I think you presumably you have the Saints at eight. I think so. If you have the, I think the only one we won't have, and then everybody else how they fluctuate, uh, and will be definitely uh, interesting to see how your eight through one lines up. So. Fox and I take pride in, in doing these, and, and it's funny because how often we disagree on certain things, but uh, a lot of our opinions kind of fall in line together. Ain't that right? Yeah, and I think we'll probably have more disparities when we get to the AFC. The NFC. You're not going to have Denver at 16? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Calm down. The, the trajectory of these NFC teams feels a little more uh, shelf-stable. You know, there's there's probably five good teams and four bubble teams and five or six teams that it's, you don't really have a chance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. I think that we're going to be, I think our top seven, I think our top seven is going to be eerily close. I really do. Yeah. I'm going to be interested in how they line up. I think there's going to be one team that you're a little bit higher on than I am, which you're higher on them every single year and they have disappointed you every year, but not to mention the Dallas Cowboys, but with that being said, <laughs> you're the you're the yep. reason they didn't go to the Super Bowl last year, so it's it's your fault. I mean, I uh, am the reason that uh, promising young woman didn't win Best Picture. So I also uh, believe that's that true. So speaking of which, the perfect segue there is we're going to, to switch over to our movie corner of the week. It is one of the more lackluster weeks of films when it comes to the grand scheme thing. Not very deep. Um, but we are coming up on some big releases over the course of the next three weeks. Um, obviously, the 10th, we have the big return of the Jurassic Park franchise, the final of that three uh, trilogies coming out. Um, I'm actually seeing it on Tuesday. Um, I'm seeing it on Thursday. So if we record on Friday, we'll just be able to we'll be it. able to destroy it together. Um, another thing that. You. <laughs> well i mean i'm just hoping it's better than the last third of the trilogy you know what i mean it, yeah, and it doesn't yeah. take it won't take much but with yeah. that being said also uh i uh next week that's about the biggest release i think coming out next is oh there's like a spider head i think is coming out on netflix that's that uh, miles teller chris hemsworth movie that's probably going to be just blah. but um the following week every movie known to men comes out including lightyear which i am seeing lightyear on wednesday um, so that's going to be interesting to see because the embargo for social reviews is Wednesday as well for that film. So I'm going to be intrigued to see what people think of that. Um, but for this week, um, right now coming out this weekend, Crimes of the Future, David Cronenberg's film, um, mixed reviews out of cans. Some like it, some don't. A lot of people middle of the road. If you do like it, nothing's, nobody's calling it a masterpiece by any stretch of the matter. Uh, I believe I'm seeing it tonight. Um, also coming out this weekend is Fire Island, um, a film that I really enjoyed a lot, um, especially for the representation fact of, um, I, I talk about this, you know, we talk about it like uh, the culture impact of Black Panther and what that impact made for society and, and, and little kids across the world to see a representation of themselves on the screen. And I feel like that should be across the board. So I really feel like Fire Island really hits home on that but I also think it's a very good rom-com I, I really enjoyed it myself I've got interviews with um Andrew Ahn and Torn Miller already released if you're listening to this now if you're listening to this probably tomorrow Saturday or Sunday I will have interviews with James Scully 
um, Conrad Rickamore, um, Matt Rogers, and yeah, so that's that's going to be uh, those are going to be fun. Whenever you listen to those, my James Scully interview is incredible because most of you know him as Forty in the series You, and I did happen to get a question into him on the mixture of his character from Fire Island and Joe Goldberg, and that was pretty cool. Stranger Things 4 uh, wrapped up. Fox and I will talk about that in a second. Phantom of the Open also releases very, very limited this weekend. I love this movie a whole lot. I'm ready for Fox to see it because I really feel like he's going to love it as well. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series episode three came out. I got to find out if you watched it yet. He did. All right. And then, um, so first things first, Stranger Things um uh season four part one obviously we know that we're getting episode eight and nine july 1st um it's weird how they're releasing this i've seen a lot of controversy of how they're releasing i don't really care whatever release them how you want to they look eighth and ninth episode are going to be like an hour and 20 hour 30 minutes long whatever all these episodes were like the the ninth episode is two and a half hours long two and a half hour whatever it is i don't really care i mean it is what it is. However they want to release it, they want to release it. I don't care. I don't want to see it weekly. Netflix hasn't done that. I didn't care for it. I didn't mind that they did Ozarks in two parts. They did that as well. I didn't mind that. I mean, folks, we're waiting, what, a month? Like, calm down. Like, uh, calm down. Um, but uh, you're both, we're both on the same page. Um, I didn't love season four, um, part one. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it, but really didn't love it. And a lot of things that I did like, but the one thing that I hate the most is the entire Hopper story. He should be dead. 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 Deader than dead. Okay. I'm sorry, but we exponentially, you know, we, we're, we've been stuck in this story for so long. If you take that out of this season, I think this, I think we're going from, I think I gave like a 70% for the first part. And yeah, I did 72. I think if they take that part out, we're maybe at 80%. Because there's still things I don't like about some of the other storylines, but it's still a solid story. There's two incredible episodes. Um, for Dear Billy, uh, I thought that one was really good. Um, you know, the way they constructed it and the focus, it hit some emotional beats. And uh, episode seven, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, has a really kind of interesting reveal and has some stuff. It's hard, I think, to judge this season without seeing the completion of it because so much of the way they structure Stranger Things is they're like everybody's on their disparate paths building and then you usually come together for this like big finale and you won't know. That's where I, you know, I didn't love the Hopper thread either, but will they manage to redeem that? I don't know what they're doing with Will and Jonathan and Mike and the pizza delivery guy. Like they've basically been on a, a odyssey that seemingly makes no sense, but is it all going to kind of end up fusing together? And that's the, that's the part that you won't really know until you see part two. I thought part one was fine for what it is. I'm glad that they focused more on, um, Joe Carey and Maya Hawk, who who I like, and um, you know some of the other characters. There were parts of it that I like. It's definitely a little bit of a more violent season. I think both Obi Wan and Stranger Things suffered from some really dismal timing, and the fact that both series kind of open with a massacre of children uh, immediately in the wake of school shootings. Both of them had to you know put a content warning, a trigger warning tag. Um, that sits a little unsettling, um, as it should. 
but overall i thought it was enjoyable i'm curious to see what the last two do i you know the first season of stranger things i thought was incredible the second season was a bit of a step back i thought the third season was an improvement this feels like it could be on par with season three depending on how it lands yeah i i don't know i'm i'm a fan it's one of those things where i'm a fan of the series and i've already invested three now four seasons into the series like i obviously want to see it end obviously also we have one more full season after this coming out too um I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll be honest. It's, it's, I'm very, I've had a very, I've had a hot or a cold streak in some shows, hot streak in some aspects, cold streak in some. I love Obi-Wan so far. I think it's incredible. Um, episode three is one of my favorite episodes of any Disney series so far. Um, it, and I think what I love the most about Obi-Wan is that nostalgia factor they're not stuck in that nostalgia either. I, I think that they're bringing a nice little twist to the same story type of thing. Um, I, uh, watching, watching Darth Vader walk down the road in that city was so like chilling for me, you know, cause as a kid, I, I'm the type of guy that like the Star Wars movies aren't great. The early ones, the first three are the second, sorry, the second set of three they're good for what they were at the time. I don't think they're great movies by any stretch of the matter. Um, I also don't think that the first technical first three are as bad as everybody claims that they are. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of at least uh, what, I don't remember what the third technical Revenge third one. Set. That was really enjoyable. I and the crazy thing, I remember standing in line waiting to see that one at midnight. And I think I saw it like three times that weekend. Cause I was just so enamored by it, but I love what they're doing with this series. I love, some of the pieces that they've brought back. I think the little girl that plays Princess Leia is a freaking superstar and I love her. And I love that they're letting her be a kid, even though she is this, I, you know, she's Princess Leia. She's going to be Princess Leia. She's not a snob. She doesn't stick her nose up to things. She's that person. She's just a kid being a kid in this crazy world where whether it's wandering off, whether it's questioning Obi-Wan, every single motive for his entire existence. I love what they're doing here. And, and um, yeah. What did you think of episode three? Um, I thought episode three was decent. It was, you know, we got to see Darth Vader, which we knew was coming. Um, you know, they started to have some, some battle. I, Part of what I think the series is, struggles with is the same thing that happens to all prequels where we already know, we know how the story ends for Princess Leia and for Obi-Wan. So they try to build the stakes that, oh, you know, maybe Darth Vader is going to kill him there or severely maim him, but we know that's not going to happen. Um, I'm interested, you know, I'm interested in seeing them explore the world and the time frame we know at some point we're probably going to get Qui-Gon Jinn back in there um it's it's decent I don't think I love it quite as much as you uh I would put it probably on par with Stranger Things I thought there were some good moments uh in that third episode um but it's I want to know where they're going ultimately um it's just that's one of the challenges with these kind of prequel series where you already have 
set and defined characters they've tried to raise the stakes you know nothing's going to happen to princess leia you know when she falls off a building in in episode two you know that she's not gonna like land and die because we already know basically the arc of her adult life we know obi-wan gets to where he is in a new hope so we know he's not going to die here and sometimes that's a little bit hard when they set the stakes it was it's the suffering that you have of all of these kind of prequel series where you have a defined character you can't you can't create the emotional stakes in the same way because you already know nothing's going to happen yeah i mean that makes sense i agree with that i i just um i don't know i love it i'm really enjoying it i like the nostalgia factor and i could be loving it just based on the simple fact that it's light years better than moon knight was um <clears throat> but also i'm very excited also very excited because next weekend um miss marvel drops right miss marvel yep yeah uh, wednesday the 8th yeah so that's exciting too because i really enjoyed the first two episodes of that um i think that's it right well one yep. last thing we on the city is incredible i'm really enjoying it i know it's definitely an interesting to watch a cop show at these times but uh i really i'm really digging it i'm really digging uh what they're bringing to the table um, I think John Berthal is an incredible actor. Um, he, he just consistently brings his A game. I think he's one of those most, he's like one of the guys that just is going to appear in everything and he's always good in everything. And, and I love it. I love his character. I'm a huge fan um, of his work and um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another David Simon's 20th anniversary of the wire. If you've never seen the wire, go find it on HBO max. We own the city the limited series wrapped up with the finale on Monday night, six episodes. It's a docudrama. It's not a fictional. Um, it's basically recounting some of the corruption in the Baltimore City Police Department. Uh, David Simon was a writer for a long time for the Baltimore Sun. Uh, his writing partners are crime writers and actual um, police officers who also worked in Baltimore. That's where The Wire uh, is set, a fictional show. That is actually my um second favorite series of all time the wire is incredible i love the wire i love the wire i i really want to rewatch it that's one that i've really that i really just wanted to rewatch because i really enjoy it a whole lot so um yeah i love the wire a lot i need it um i need to rewatch it i need to revisit it it's one of those shows i haven't um done it in in a long time and really need to um but yeah is that it i think that's officially yep. it now officially it's um we'll be back next week maybe to talk about jurassic world depending on when we record we will bring you our latest rankings we're also working on getting together a uh end of the year or not end of the year first of the year um rookie or not rookie god lee i can't talk first the first redraft of the year with our team um, we're setting that up for the very near future. It's going to be exciting to kind of um, to kind of really go over that. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see where everybody's heads at because I like sort of those type of things, and I'm really looking forward to see where some of these guys land. It's going to be redraft, um, but we'll be bringing you some more information throughout the off season. Um, we got a fun series of over and under once some of these June first post cuts come in, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
my guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.